Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1. Hardly a week goes by when we don't hear about delays patients face trying to get a GP appointment and it's an issue our reporter Evelyn O'Rourke investigated recently. She spent time with GPs in both Dublin and Wexford and heard about all the pressures they face in their practices every single day. So what's being done to try to address the shortage of GPs in the country? To talk more about this now I'm joined from our Cork studio by Dr Dermot Quinlan who's a GP in Glanmire and also a medical director with the Irish College of General Practitioners and I'm joined on the line by Amy Morgan who's a GP based in County Louth and a member of the IMO GP Committee and you're both very welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. So Dermot, we know that there pretty much isn't a GP in the country who isn't experiencing some level of pressure. So will you run us through why this is happening in broad terms? Good, good morning, Claire. There's lots of con- factors contributing to the GP workforce shortage at the moment. First and foremost, I think, is the population growth. We had, a pop- back in 2002, 20 years ago, we had 3.9 million people. The most recent census indicates we're now in ex- exceeding 5.1 million. So we have a very substantial uplift of the population by over a million people. Our population are older now as well, and that's fantastic. We now have among the oldest, uh, the li- longest life expectancy of people across the EU Our population of people age 65 and over is expected to increase by 60% by 2025 and the number of people over 80 are likely to double by 2025. So that's a really successful news story for our health service and general practice. However, as people age, they tend to accumulate uh, illnesses and often many of these illnesses coexist in the same person. I'm thinking of things like high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, angina, respiratory disease, osteoporosis, mental health issues. And then increasingly as people age, they develop various cancers and then ultimately people require palliative care. All of these are delivered in general practice. So as people get older, they develop more illnesses and they need substantially more GP time. Another factor contributing to the GP workforce shortage is GP retirement. One in seven or 14% of our GPs are over 65 years of age. So currently we have about 4,200 GPs in the country. So that's about almost 600 GPs are age 65 and over. And the majority of these are likely to have retired by the end of 2025. So that's another gap of 600 we have a huge COVID workload and while COVID outcomes are, we've done really well as a country, general practice gave over half of all the COVID vaccines across the pandemic. We're still seeing people with acute COVID, we're still giving COVID vaccines and we're still um, we're still looking after people with long COVID. And then finally, the, the last driver and a really important one because we can do something about this is the expansion of GMS eligibility or medical card eligibility. Mm-hmm. We've really good research from Ireland showing that when the not to six-year-olds got access to free GP care, the consultation rate increased by almost 30%. And we know that if we expand the medical card eligibility to children aged six to nine, as is planned by the government, that will increase the number of consultations by about 640,000 or more per year, which needs another 120 GPs and we simply don't have that GP workforce. Okay, that gives us a sense of of what's going on and uh, why the pressures are there. Dr Amy Morgan, as I said, is with us as well. So can you just give us a sense of what you're experiencing in your practice, Amy? Does it reflect what we've just heard from Dermot there? 
Uh, it absolutely does does reflect it, and, and and I'm sure probably your listeners are very familiar with this. Um, you know, when I started my training and and in the practices I worked in, it, it was pretty much expected that you know if a patient needed to see their GP on a given day, they they would see us, um, and the capacity would be there in the system to, to be able to deliver that. And and really, they are the principles of of care that work so well in general practice. You know, basically timely access to safe, high quality care. Um, and, and as Dermot said, most healthcare in this country is delivered um, at the point of, uh, of the general practitioner. You know, we are the first port of contact for, for, for not a, an awful lot of people accessing healthcare in this country. So in my work, I've seen a change. So like, for example, last Friday, before I even start my day's work, my schedule was already fully booked. So that leaves very little slack in the system then if there is a genuine emergency. And emergencies do occur, as Dermot said, we cover a wide breadth of work from palliative care to paediatrics to mental health, which is a huge uh, driver as well in terms of, uh, you know, acute presentations to our practice. And it just means that the whole system is under pressure. And um, we, you know, in, in terms of uh, applications now to join a general practice, we are, we're really struggling to um, have capacity in our system mm-hmm. to be able to take on new patients. And then the knock-on of that, Amy, is that if you can't get to see a doctor during the day, you're going to use the out-of-hours service or you're going to go to an emergency department so you can see how the whole system gets clogged if you can't see the GP. Oh, absolutely. And like we don't work in a vacuum. And another trend I'm observing now in practice is, you know, there there will be an odd case where you'll see someone, they're acutely unwell um, and, and they do need um, an extra level of terms of investigations that we can provide in our practice. Um, they need to be seen in an emergency department by, you know, a consultant um, and we're sending them in and they're ringing back hours later saying, I'm still waiting to be seen. I can't wait to be seen. I'm feeling too sick. I need to come back. So we're, we're trying to manage that level of workload. So as well as our day-to-day workload of, of general practice care, we are experiencing the knock-on effects of other pressures in our health system. OK, well, let's go back, Dermot, to what you were saying about the ageing GP workforce. So you were saying that there will be 600 more GPs retired by the end of 2025, which isn't that far away. And the Oireachtas Health Committee uh, heard recently that we'll need 1,600 more GPs to meet the population demands in about four or five years' time. Is that going to be possible? It will be very challenging to meet that. Um, like we, we, the figures we say, it's about four thousand two hundred GPs at the moment, and if you increase that, as as you suggest, you're, so you're going up to close to six thousand GPs. So, in a nutshell, we need to go from four thousand GPs to six thousand GPs. Okay. Currently, like we have very substantially increased the number of GPs we're training. Back in 2015, we were training 150 GPs. Last year, our intake of GP trainees was 258. This year, it's 286, and by 2026, it'll be 350. We have a really good GP training program in Ireland. It's a four-year program. In comparison, in the UK, it's a three-year GP training program. Our four-year program is necessary because of all the complexity of what we do as GPs. However, the intake in 2026, the 350 people who join, it'll be 2030 before they before they are qualified as GPs and join our GP workforce. So it will be very challenging to meet uh, that workforce needs. And, um, you know, we are really struggling and... The ICGP have put forward a 10-point document to the department and we invited the minister to set up a working group on the strategising on the future of general practice. And we have 10 really good practical solutions to help support 
GPs and, and patients that they can get to see a GP in a timely fashion. The GP shortage is particularly acute in rural areas. Is that right, Dermot? There's a huge shortage of GPs in rural areas and I, I'll name a few for you. Liston Varna has great difficulty with get, getting GPs. Carter Savine has had four GPs at one stage and now down to two. The four North Cork towns of Cantork, Boherby, Newmarket and Mill Street had 18 GPs five years ago. They're now down to 12. A large urban town just outside Dublin, I was informed in recent days, two of the GPs there are due to, have advised they're about to retire. Two more have said they're likely to retire by the end of the year. So this is, the problem is of the GP workforce is particularly acute in rural areas, but it's spreading everywhere. Okay, and Amy, do you see that, that it is very hard to find a GP if you needed one to, to join your practice? There's just a shortage of bodies out there complete shortage of bodies and um, the ICGP does workforce surveys of their, of their members every year and you know you, you speak to GPs and I don't know any GP who's managed to be able to get a, like locum replacement if they need to take holidays, sick leave, maternity leave and the other important point particularly about things like maternity leave is that 54% of, of uh, practicing GPs in the country are female um, so you know we have big issues here for, for younger GPs who are coming through the system, they're looking at general practice um, and like I said we are increasing the numbers but critically you know we need more GPs but we also need to hang on to the ones that we have um, and they need to be able to look at general practice which is a wonderful career um, and I'm, I'm really happy to be GP but you know in terms of the future GP as Dermot said we, we need ultimately we need government and policymakers to really listen to the people who are on the ground who are us and telling them what, what the what the acute shortages are and the potential solutions and, and, and the key thing here I think would be uh, to not misunderstand uh, misunderstand capacity in our system and, mm-hmm. and the, the actual lack of capacity in our system. So if we're making decisions about accessing medical care and who's going to have doctor visit cards, etc., you know, we want to be able to deliver safe, accessible care. But, you know, we need the bodies on the ground to be able to do that. And ultimately, it is about supply and demand. And currently, supply is way short from demand. And do you find, because Dermot said earlier about the uplift in the number of under sixes coming once they were given the GP card, the free GP visit card, did you witness that in your own practice? Yes, uh, you, you do observe it, and and uh, and also you observe it when when you take on work in the out of hour setting, which is you know um, so after kind of daytime hours in terms of general practice, and and a lot of parents, particularly those who are working, they they may have difficulty accessing GP during the day just due to sheer kind of volume um, in terms of what what the GP is able to see, and they naturally, as you as you mentioned earlier, will attend out of hour services, will attend A and E. So again, as I said, we don't work in a vacuum, and any potential shortage or block. On, on our side is going to spill over into the other services and ultimately you know that makes it very challenging to be able to work with because the last thing we want to do is be able to you know look someone in the face and say you know I, I can't actually see you now you're going to have to wait um, mm-hmm. and I think people are familiar with hospital waiting lists and they've accepted it but we we absolutely don't, don't want to encounter a future where there is a substantial GP waiting list and you're going to be waiting weeks to see your GP. So again, it's really important that we actually acknowledge what the current capacity is and what the what the future capacity has to be to be able to deliver different care. And you were just to finish here, and Amy touched on this earlier, you know, turning away new patients is definitely a factor here. We hear about it anecdotally a lot. And there are plenty of people in this country who don't have a GP at all. Yeah, I was working in GP out of hours this day last week, uh, Claire, and 10% of the patients I saw in GP out of hours were unable to get a GP. And that puts huge pressure on these patients. It also puts huge pressure on the GP out of hours and or the emergency departments where they visit. Um, the 
British Medical Association say that GPs should see a maximum of 25 patients per day. In Ireland, our recent research shows that GPs are seeing an average of 29 patients a day. So we're already 16% beyond maximum capacity. So there is no surge capacity left in Irish general practice. We need a very substantial uplift in GPs and we need a very substantial, we need to double the number of GP nurses. Okay, and I have a message here to that effect. John says we need more GP specialist nurses or physician assistants to deal with the demand for GP services. Thank you both for joining us this morning, Dr. Dermot Quinlan and Dr. Amy Morgan. Now coming up next, Africa's most populous nation picking a new president. We're going to take a closer look at the fiercely contested election in Nigeria with Graham Finley. Email today cb at rte.ie.